Hello, and welcome to the M&A Stories podcast. I'm Robert Heaton, and each week I will be joined by my co-host, Toby Tester. In these podcast episodes, our intention is for Toby and I to draw on case studies and our own experiences to bring you, the listener, valuable insights into the good, the bad, and the ugly of M&A integration. We hope you enjoy these episodes and we hope that it will bring you valuable insights on how you can improve your M&A projects in the future. Thanks for listening. Let's get this underway. Hi, Toby. How are you doing this morning? Oh, fabulous, Robert. Terrific. We're having one of our informal conversations last week about a carve-out project you managed, yes. where the goal was obviously to maximise the sale value of the business. But but we both realised that we were yet again talking about buried treasure, one of our favourite topics. Ah, the old buried um, treasure, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But it also tied in nicely with last week's topic, where the advice was to prepare for sale by thinking like the buyer. So uh, you, you mentioned a project where you were maximising the value of the business. Do you, do you want to just walk us through that project and give us a Absolutely, background? Absolutely, Yeah, I will. You know, it's funny, M&A is full of buried treasure. I suppose that's the reason why we um, enjoy the game and play uh, so much in it. So, yes, uh, this was a another carve-out. Oh, it was going back 15 years ago now. Very briefly, financial services business, and the goal, of course, was to carve out a business, get it ready for the wholesale process and effectively sell it to the highest bidder and, 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 and sell it for a good price because this was going to be a massive cash injection into the remainder of the business. So this was a great opportunity to sell at the best possible price. Now, yeah. we had, I believe, fabulous process. We, we did everything to make sure this business was future ready. Um, anticipating who the likely buyer was going to be, understand their mi- mindset and motivations. There was just one issue. <laughs> it was probably a very big issue, I should say. Um, <laughs> as, as always. <laughs> the, the offers came in, you know, the, the bids. We thought, oh, well, this is not really quite where we were thinking in terms of bids. And we thought, well, maybe it's not a competitive bid process. We should be ramping it up and have more sort of more bidders, but also making the actual um, business itself more interesting. Right, because the immediate reaction from some people will be that it's been overvalued, which is why you weren't getting the the sort of offers that you thought you'd get. But clearly that wasn't the case. Well, I think the thing is, is that the uh, potential buyers were doing a very conservative valuation on terms of what this business could offer. And they didn't see the full opportunity. And so... And this is where I think, you know, for listeners to really have a think about whenever they're looking to cover a business. The reality is, is that a business that's potentially viewed as being ready for sale has been left to sort of fragment a bit and left to sort of on the wayside and hasn't had the investment it's needed over the years. And that's something that happens. What I found out as I went through and talked to the management team is that there are a whole load of various investment opportunities that were going unfunded. And all these opportunities could give this business a whole new lease of life. And the sort of things I'm talking about here is like a new call center operation, new technology, um, certain capabilities that the business could have. There's a whole range of things. And what I did 
was to collect all the memos, the documents, the artifacts, and pull together a complete set of business cases, little mini business cases, with bias-specific value stories associated with each one and compile them into one single document that then went into the data room and then was given out to the prospective buyers. Uh, yeah, I can see the connection now with buried treasure <laughs> and, and, and about thinking like the buyer. I mean, we've often said this is yeah. the key to presenting a business for sale is to, to bring it to life through real stories that demonstrate for the buyer the future potential of the business. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, we, we really did, you know, with the help of the team, put together some very strong business cases. These were reviewed, peer-reviewed, strong business cases. But what they really did is that they made the link between, made the forecast operating results real. In other words, when, the, when we made the projections in terms of what the business could be doing next year, the following year, and the year after, with these investments, this is what the forecasted operating results would really look like. And so yep. that's the exciting part of this. And if I can just say it quite simply, it really created a promissory note waiting to be cashed in. That's what it did. And Brilliant. it was that buried treasure to say, if we bought this business and we invested in these opportunities that the seller has specified for us, then we can cash in on that promissory note and then we'll profit. So it's a kind of a win-win. Yeah, and just for the audience, the, the, the point about this is we're talking about it in terms of stories, but what we really mean is these are real qualified opportunities with numbers attached to them. Correct. That the, the business might have previously considered, for whatever reason, never pursued to completion. That That's the buried treasure we talk about, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and it is that, indeed. When, when you present that to a buyer in, in the right sort of framework, it becomes a very attractive proposition. It is indeed. And I think the key to it is the packaging to put these stories into one sort of single offering to say, here's all the various things you could be doing, but also the narrative behind them. In other words, what those stories are, and they're compelling stories. You know, if you did this and you invested here, these are the sort of things that could be happening. They can see this themselves. And what that does is it means that they will talk to their own board, their own stakeholders, and say, these are the things we could be doing with the business if we acquired it. And so that creates an additional level of excitement um, associated with the sale. So it really was getting that buried treasure and giving it a, a good polish. <laughs> saying, <laughs> yes. Here it is, guys. Here is your opportunity. So Do you want to cash in on this or not? So clearly you've come from an initial situation where the offers coming forward weren't in line with expectations. You've gone back, dusted off the buried treasure, so to speak, polished it up, presented it in a cohesive manner that's attractive yeah. to the buyer. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm assuming that that turned the tables. You then had uh, offers that were uh, more in line with expectation. So do, what was the result of this? So after a number of uh, management presentations, to all the various bidders, he saw the business in a whole new light, you know, with this added information. And in the end, through the help of the executives and the corporate advisors we, we had engaged for the sale, we got our desired premium. It was 20% higher than the previous high bid. 
that was equated to tens of millions of dollars. And in many ways, it was deeply gratifying uh, personally because, you know, one of the corporate advisors said, Toby, do you realize that what you've done here is you've actually effectively had a 20%, which was millions and millions of dollars to the sale price. That for me is the key, you know, that the, the investment in your time Mm. Uh, is, is probably counted in $20,000 and the impact is multiple millions on the business value. Indeed, yes. I mean, if I remember correctly, it was around $20, $25 million on top. Wow. And, you know, seriously, I spent about three weeks doing it, you know. I mean, yeah, there was yeah. a few thousand bucks involved, but, you know, what a return. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's multiples of the investment, isn't it? It is. Three, three weeks so, of your time yeah. and a 20% uplift in the value of the business. 20%, Excellent. yeah. So, yeah, and that's, and this is the key whenever you're selling a business is always to to dust off and, and um, find out what that buried treasure is, but also communicate it effectively to the buyers in a way that, that compels them to act. Um, Whenever you're selling part of your company, don't just offer the buyers potential asset. Give them the tools and the vision on how to gain value from it. And that's what we've been talking about. Whenever you're carving out a business, just understand who those buyers are, what makes them tick. Make sure that the business is as future ready as it can be. You don't have to rely ultimately on transitional services. They're a necessary evil and they're sometimes a bit of a cop out. Nobody really likes them. It's something we have to have. And finally, whenever you're selling, always go for a win-win. You know, so it's a win for the seller, but it's a win for the buyer too. And, and that just resonates because that's always the best outcome is when you approach this on an even keel where both sides are getting the value that they perceive from it, then yeah. you, you can't get a better a, a better finish than that. Well, indeed, and I think the big thing is here, Robert, is that it sets up the future as for a future alliance. So all in the same industry. So well, you might have a divestment of some kind, it could be just simply the beginning of a future strategic alliance, which in actual fact continues that win-win relationship. Yeah, it's actually just reminded me of a, a comment that I've made before. As someone that I worked with who was the chairman of a, a large corporate, his underlying principle was when you've made a decision on something, act quickly, but always act with fairness. Yes. Um, and, you know, that that that, that says it all. Uh, yes. Look, Toby, uh, another great topic. Thanks so much. Can we call that a wrap? Call it a wrap. Terrific. Look, Toby and I both hope you enjoy these podcasts and that our combined experiences and key lessons will help you manage your own acquisitions or carve-out projects. But for both me and Toby, these merger acquisition and divestment projects are business as usual. So if you're considering acquisitions or divestments in the future, we'd welcome the opportunity to show you how we can help you reduce risk and maximise value. We'll be back next week with another episode of M&A Stories, but right now it's time to sign off and say bye for now. Bye for now.